0: How many of you are pulling for the Rams this evening? Anybody pulling for the Rams? They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna lose because there's only one of y'all that's gonna cheer for them. Apparently, everybody else is just like, yeah, go Rams. Uh, anybody pulling for the Bengals? I know there's an Ohio family over here. Yeah, y'all are more serious about it. Okay. So I'm looking forward to to seeing how this game plays out. And one of the things that I'm most excited about and that I have enjoyed about Football Sunday at Heritage is that it gives me the chance to learn a little bit of the backstory and to dive in and dig in on a little bit more information to find out about the personalities of some of the players and the people I'm going to see on TV tonight during the big game. And so we had the opportunity to find uh, to get a hold of some video footage of some players from the Rams and some players from the Bengals who are believers in Christ. I mean, people who are trying to live out their faith in the midst of being a part of that circus that is the NFL, you know, and they're trying to shine a light for Jesus in their sphere of influence, in the circle of influence that they have in the locker rooms and the team organizations and even out on the field. And so I want to show you this um, this video that's a, a collaboration of all these little testimonials because tonight when you're watching In the game, I want you to be aware of who some of these people are. Like, put pay attention to the names because you're going to see names, and and it's not just like you know the athletic trainer's assistant or something. Like some of these uh, these guys are starters, you know, and people that you're going to see on the field tonight one of them one of them is the 2021 offensive player of the year cooper cup he's a believer in jesus you know and one of them last week was named the 2021 Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year, Andrew Whitworth. He plays for the Rams. I think he's a lineman. I can't remember if it's offense or defense for sure, but um, he—I mean, this is a guy that he won this award because of the way that he is giving back to the community and serving other people, and you and I are going to know after today that the reason he does that is because the whole foundation of his life is in his connection with Jesus Christ. So, pay attention to the names here. Listen to this, because not only is it inspiring but tonight when you see them make a tackle or when you see them catch a ball or whatever, you can celebrate with them and think, boy, that's somebody that I know when the game is over and they have a chance to be interviewed or talk about it in the locker room, they're going to give glory to God for it, which is just really, really cool. So let's watch these few moments of video together.
1: Yeah, um, well, My Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is more to me than just um, football, but it's application. And what I've read through um, my faith and my wife and our meditations and things like that is that it's it's pretty similar to the game of football, and its application for the game of football is is very simple. So it's one of those things that um, if anything that I do on the field is to glorify Him and through Him for him, for his glory. So it's one of those things that just my life is a sacrifice and the days after football will be the same as the days playing football. So um, I try to encourage people anyway to crack open their Bible like Instagram, um, things like that. Just look up the verse and uh, continue to grow stronger in faith because that's um, where it starts. I think the thing that he has taught me is that um, you will find you will find that you are most fulfilled. You will find the most joy um, when you are rooted in your purpose, you know, and, and um, specifically rooted in, in his purpose for you. And you know that to me has been one of the best things about this year. Uh, beyond all of the um, all the games that we won, beyond all the you know, honors, accolades, whatever. Um, It is, you know, I've just, I've had so much fun being able to play this game and, you know, my my motivation, I touched on earlier, my motivation coming in to, you know, every single day is to run the race in such a way as to honor God um, and the passions and the um, talents that he has given me. And uh, when I'm rooted in that, I I am at, I am in a great place. I am able to play freely. I'm able to, um, you know, love my teammates. I'm able to um, be a better man, a better football player, a better husband, a better father. Um, when I'm living in that place, and um, you know, I, I can truly, I truly believe beyond all that stuff. We had not won a game this year, um, but I had, you know, spent that time and you know was living in that place still of living freely. I believe I would this would still be my favorite, my favorite year I've ever been uh, a part of playing this game of football because I've been living in that place. Um, I've been enjoying every second of you know, being a teammate to the guys that are here and, um, and just being able to honor God every time I step in this in this facility. So uh, I think that's the, the big lesson for me. Yeah,
2: um, my faith is everything. Um, you know, testament to God always and His uh, grace and mercy on in my life. Um, I'm a living testimony of that and um, everything I do, you know, I treat football like a platform to, you know, open eyes to uh, the faith of Christianity and accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior. Um, my name means for God to protect um, and guide through uh, crisis. So I feel like my name is a walk in prayer. Every time that I, you know, do anything, you know, my name's already praying for me. So um, it's very important to me and my culture is very important and uh, yeah, that, that, that uh, thing I have in my bio where it says, whoever has God likes nothing, it's the prayer of Santa Teresa of Avila. And my mom used to love that prayer, so she, I kind of
1: inherited it from
2: her. So yeah. I mean, without my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I'm nothing, you know, honestly. So um, without His grace and His mercy and time for my sins. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm nothing. I'm, you know, sinful by nature and um, I'm not perfect and that's why I need, you know, that's why I need the Lord so much and that's why I need my faith and I got to always lean on my faith and I got to give God the glory and um, let God really work through me and, you know, work through my heart and try to grow. That's, you know, that's really how I try to grow and try to evolve as a person. Um, and Obviously, I have You know family and friends who I'm super close with but most importantly probably for me is um, my kids and the youth honestly not just my kids but any youth that looks at me I want them to uh, know that it's you know it's super important to to have a relationship Um, try to have that relationship with God through Jesus Christ and those are the type of things that you know when when I get the opportunity to um, on certain platforms I like to boast about and show that it really matters to me and it's super important. Uh, I mean, I think I've told many people that, you know, I, I lean on my faith a lot uh, when it comes to football and just my life in general. Um, yeah, I, I really feel like I can't compete my best um, without it. Um, I know, you know, I know everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I know God's going to be there uh, to help me throughout the ups and downs. And so, as long as I keep Him, you know, in my life, close to me, um, I know, like, there's nothing I can't do. And so, I just wanted to uh, kind of show that. And, you know, one simple way to do that is kind of just wear a shirt and maybe post a Bible verse in um, my caption on Instagram. So...
1: I think all the time, you know, really in life, you're always getting taught lessons. I think for me, just patience and some perseverance. And and, uh, sometimes when you come back from injury, um, things don't feel like they should as fast as you want them to. And it takes a little time of just calming down, having some patience. And I think really just was blessed with an opportunity to have that patience and realize that if I just keep persevering and and being strong and and trying to realize that at the end of the day, if I just stick with the process, and trust that all that you know is in his hands. Then uh, I would be okay. I
0: think that's probably one of the greatest lessons I learned. Isn't that cool? I mean, I think it's so neat because and and all of those players, those those were just interview questions that were sprung on them. They didn't have time to like you know prepare responses. That was just off the top of their head you know that was what was on their heart to share about their faith which i just think is so inspiring and i'm looking forward to being able to pick them out you know as i'm watching the game tonight and to just imagine and remind myself that these are people who are part of my family in christ people who are trying to make a difference in a place where maybe there are some significant challenges to doing that but also where there's really a lot of opportunity and a lot of people that are paying attention a lot of people that are following them on social media and things like that so that they have a chance to speak up in Jesus' name. But there's one other personality, one other person that you're going to see on the broadcast tonight on NBC that I want to uh, to share with you a little bit about and about his faith today and most of you will recognize the name Tony Dungy, Coach Tony Dungy, who he's a retired head coach who has gone on to be uh, an NFL uh, analyst and so he's going to be a part of the NBC broadcast tonight and a lot of people know Coach Dungy because of the successes that he's had over the course of his career. I mean, you might realize that Coach Dungy was a successful head coach and, and in fact, one of the more successful ones ever because in 13 seasons as a head coach, he took his team to the playoffs 11 times out of 13 years. I mean, that is a significant thing to do. And it's even more significant to my friends Bill and Julie over here. It's even more significant when you realize that the first six years he was coaching for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the 90s and like, uh, you know, NFL fans know that the early 90s were not good years for the Buccaneers, right? You know, and so for him to go into Tampa Bay and to take that team to the playoffs four times was a significant deal, you know? And then later he was he became the head coach of the Colts up in Indianapolis and he took that team and he won Super Bowl 41 at the end of the 2006 season. He coached Peyton Manning and they went they, you know, brought the Colts their second franchise Super Bowl win ever and it's also really significant that Coach Dungy was the first black head coach to ever win the Super Bowl in the NFL. And if you've been paying attention even to NFL news headlines from this month. We know that that's not always been an equitable uh, space for people with different diversity and backgrounds to be allowed into, and so it's a significant thing. Coach Dungey's in the Hall of Fame, and now he's this television commentator, and so you may know about some of the successes that he's had over the course of his career, but you may be unaware, you may have forgotten about some of the challenges that he's faced along the way. You may be unaware about some of the disappointments, some of the moments like when he was fired at Tampa Bay, you may be you may be unaware or have forgotten about some of the moments when his story was rocky and he wasn't sure if he was ever going to accomplish the goal of taking home football's biggest, you know, team honor. And so the other thing you may not know is that all of that story is like the background to the story that coach Dungey really wants to tell because the story coach Dungey really wants to tell is the story of his walk with god which is which is part of what we've got on tape and to share with you this morning so i'm going to let you take a few minutes and listen to coach as he talks about what his faith has meant to him and how his faith has carried him through the challenges of his nfl career let's watch this together 2005
3: season We're the number one seed, we've got a a great team, a team really without any weaknesses. We've got home field advantage. Everyone's saying it's our year. We end up falling behind to the Steelers in our first round game. We march back, we've got a chance to tie the game up and go into overtime and uh, Mike VanderJet's our kicker, extremely accurate guy, never misses a big kick and he misses. Pittsburgh goes on to win the Super Bowl and now you kind of hear it from everybody well Colts are never going to win one they've had all these teams that are, are really good but something's missing and that window of opportunity is going to close up on them. I can remember thinking and as good a team as we had if we don't win it now we may never win and I'm gonna to have to be okay with that. I think you can glorify the Lord in every circumstance. How you respond to failure, how you respond to disappointment, says a lot more than how you do in successes. God has taken some unexpected things in my life uh, over and over, uh, and, and really, I think, tried to find out if I was gonna stay with Him, or if I was ever gonna get to the point where I say, this is too much. I'm gonna go my own way. I started coaching when I was 25 years old and probably by the time I'd been an assistant coach for 10, 11 years, the word was getting out, this guy might be a good head coach. I started to interview for for head coaching jobs, but everyone was looking for that stereotypical coach, looking for the guy who was going to demand perfection from his players, who was going to show that emotion and and everything that they expected to see in in a head coach. And that wasn't me. How much does this mean to you? How much are you prepared to sacrifice to to lead his team? And and what's important to you in in life? And you know what the the, the man wants to hear, but it's not really what's in your heart. I'm gonna give you a lot. I believe I'm gonna deliver you a championship, but no, the, the team is not gonna be the most important thing. When I was called to interview at Tampa, I told Lauren, we're not going to get this job. I don't know anybody there, I have no connections, and so when I got the job, I said, you know what, we want to win a Super Bowl, and I believe we will. I want to do it the right way. I want to do it so that our young men are people that the community is going to be proud of. I want to do it in such a way that we're doing the right things with our families, and it's going to be a win-win situation. I believe it can be done and I believe it can be done here. I came down feeling like, hey, this is where God wants us. We're going to win. Everything's going to be great because this is God's plan. It's not my plan. That's, to me, one of the hardest things in life, when you have an idea of the way things are gonna go, uh, what you hope for, what you dream about, what you pray for, and it doesn't come through. Uh, That's when it's easy to get disappointed with God. Why didn't it work? Why didn't it uh, pan out the way I thought it would? It was one of the biggest disappointments in my life because I did feel like the Lord had brought me down to Tampa. And I had to realize that it worked out. It just didn't work out the way I had planned it. I didn't know at the time when I got fired uh, what I was supposed to do. Uh, was I supposed to look for something in Tampa outside of football? Or was I supposed to look for another job, another city? And Jim Irsay, the owner of the Colts, called me. And he said, we're making a change at head coach for the Indianapolis Colts, and you're the guy that I want to be our coach. I believe in all the things that you believe in. We want to do things the right way. We want to win, but win with the right kind of people, and you're the guy to lead us. And that that was a message that I really needed to hear at that point. My favorite passage in the Bible is um, where Christ says, What would it profit a man to gain the whole world, but forfeit his soul? And with 31 years in the National Football League, I've seen that a lot. And so to me, that was the thing that I always wanted to to tell my players. um, Don't don't put this game first. Don't, Don't make football everything in your life, how we relate to each other, how we live, uh, what you have in your heart for eternity, uh, how you respond responding to the Lord. That's that's the most important thing. This game will take care of itself. Even though we, you know, for four or five years had those bitter disappointments at the end of each year, I never gave up. It wasn't to the point where I said, hey, we can never win this thing, but I, I got to the point where if. That is what God has in store. It'll be a better pill to swallow, but uh, I'm going to be okay with that. We've been through a lot, and, and our slogan by that time was, "It's our time." Um, you know, because disappointments were in the past, but now it's our time, and we got to seize the moment, and and we did that amazing thing in the locker room. Super Bowls are so different. As soon as you win, the celebration starts. You have a ceremony out on the field. It maybe takes 40 minutes to get everybody back together. Many of our players were just waiting. They said, Coach, we've got to finish this one like we have every other game. We've got to have the team prayer. And we asked that uh, the reporters shut their cameras down and let us pray. And I was so proud of the guys for for hanging in there and saying, this is what we want to do. We want to honor the Lord in this victory. And uh, we did that. One photographer didn't honor our wishes. He took a picture of it. But that picture went all over the internet, went all over. And it was really a a great tribute to what that team had in mind of, of putting the Lord first, even at the Super Bowl. Every decision I make in life, I'm going to make it through the lens of Jesus Christ. I'm going to put Him out there first, and my own feelings, my own thoughts, my own desires are going to be second. It's that simple. And if we do that, Christ promised that He would come into our lives, He'd be our head coach, and He'd guide us to to that victory, that ultimate
0: victory. I just love that story. Because I can... I can imagine how disheartening and how discouraging it must have been at the moments along the journey when things didn't seem like they were ever going to turn out the way that they ultimately did. I can relate to the moments when it feels like, boy, things are just clicking and everything's, you know, going along just right. And then suddenly there's a big disappointment. And then some suddenly, you know, you find out that maybe you're not going to have the chance to try again, or you find out that people don't believe in you anymore. I can relate to moments in my life. And I know you can too, when it felt like, boy, this is not the news that I thought I was going to get. This is not the way that I had hoped things were going to work out. This is not what I dreamed of for myself. And there were moments along the way in Coach Dungy's story where because things weren't turning out like he had hoped, he had to kind of reassess and ask himself, am I really committed to doing this job in the style and with the philosophy that I've always believed was the right way to do it? You see you heard him talk about a little bit that he was the head coach who didn't want to allow football to become the number one priority in his life which is unusual and in fact he was the head coach who didn't want to allow his players or his coaches or his staff to make football the number one priority in their lives because he was the kind of coach who realized That if they won Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl and had all of these trophies and fame and accolades and notoriety but behind them there was a staff full of people who felt overworked and underappreciated and families that felt neglected that they wouldn't really have won. He was the kind of coach who wanted to make sure that his players and all the people that worked for him understood that there's life outside of football. There's life after football. And he didn't want them to have regrets about all of the rest of their life because of the way they had prioritized football. And so he actually actively trained people. Put your family first. Put God first. And football will take care of itself. And then for year after year, football didn't really take care of itself. You know? All of those years, they, had, they lived out this story where they would get so close only to be disappointed at the end. And Coach Dungy had to ask himself every time, do I still believe that this philosophy will work? Do I still believe that this model can work? Do I still believe that these priorities are the most important priorities? And I felt that pressure i felt that kind of tension in my own life and i i imagine you probably have too and i so appreciated that he reminded us of a moment in jesus's life and teaching when jesus was addressing not just the cl- the closest followers that jesus wasn't talking just to his inner circle he was talking to a crowd of people who had come to pay attention to what he was doing it's recorded in mark chapter 8 and also in a couple of the other gospels in our new testament but there's this moment jesus is talking to these crowds of people and he says to them, he says if any of you wants to be my follower you must give up your own way, which is to say, give up your own control. Give up your own dream. Give up your own vision of what your life is going to be like. He says, if anybody wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. And then he makes this paradoxical statement he says if you try to hang on to your life if you try to do things your way if you try to shape your own destiny he says you'll lose your life but on the other hand if you give up your life for my sake if you allow Jesus to take control If you give up control and give up insisting on shaping your own path and your own future and your own vision Jesus says if you'll do that if you'll give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news then paradoxically you will you will save your life you will actually enable God to write a story in your life that you were meant to tell and then Jesus asks this question What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? I mean, really, what good is it? What benefit is it? Coach Dungy, what benefit would it be if you had a trophy case full of AFC championship trophies and Lombardi trophies and Coach of the Year trophies, but all the people who played for you were broken? What good would it be? What would you really have accomplished if you had all of the notoriety and all of the fame and all of the awards and all the accolades and all of the trophies, but at the end of the day, everybody was sad that they played for you? I mean, this is the question he was asking himself. And it's a similar question to the one we ask ourselves. We have to ask ourselves. Because God's vision for us includes the daily opportunity, I mean a daily choice, a daily fork in the road to say, am I going to put me and myself first or am I going to let God cast the vision and draw the direction for my life? And every day, every day we get to choose, do I want to try to do things my way and shape my own destiny or do I want to let God write a story with my life?